I'm doing something a little different this morning in the sense that I, I'm wanting to go through a timeline. I'm wanting to show you something and I'm, I'm wanting to pinpoint a certain time, uh, on a certain day, okay? And I want you to get your Bibles. Uh, you're going to have to have your Bibles this morning. If you don't have your Bibles, uh, get the Bible that's on the pew in front of you. There's lots of pew Bibles around. If you can't find one in front of you, look behind you. There are pew Bibles that the congregation has afforded. We're really going to get into the Scriptures today. I'm not going to have the Scriptures on, on, the, on, the, on the screen. We're going to see uh, how things have come into being in certain parts of, of, of the time. And we're going to, we're going to really pinpoint uh, gospel events uh, prior to the crucifixion and then, and then after the crucifixion as well. So get your Bibles. You know, in recent Bible studies uh, that I've had with, with some, I've been amazed uh, that there are many who believe that Jesus is going to set up a set up an earthly kingdom. That, that his kingdom hasn't hasn't come yet. It, it's been amazing to me that people don't believe that the church is the kingdom and the, and, and that the kingdom is the church. Misapplied Old Testament prophecy and, and, and recent unrest in the Middle East to many, prove that Jesus will establish a kingdom on earth, a kingdom that he has yet to establish. But I want to show you today, I want to show you that Jesus indeed fulfilled prophecy. If you will please turn to Genesis, Genesis chapter, chapter 3. We'll start there. Jesus indeed fulfilled prophecy and he has set up a kingdom. I want to pinpoint when this kingdom was established and that this kingdom is, is a present reality. God made many promises in the, in the Old Testament, all of which Jesus fulfilled. When Adam and Eve here in Genesis chapter 3, they ate of the tree of knowledge of, of good and evil, They had been commanded not to eat of that tree and God made a promise to the serpent afterwards. A serpent who had been duplicitous and tempting Eve. Look at verse 14. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust and All the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman. And between your seed and her seed. Notice here what's being said. And he shall bruise your head. And you shall bruise his heel. This this head bruiser would be Jesus. That's who this would be. Now look over in chapter 9. A promise was made to Noah. Chapter 9, verse 8, after the flood had receded, then God spoke to Noah and to his sons with him, saying, As for me, behold, I will establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. Now, Noah had three sons, didn't he? He had Shem, Ham, and and, and Japheth. And from Shem's descendants came Abram, or, or who we call Abraham. Turn over to Genesis chapter 12. There's another promise that God makes. 
Genesis chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, he reiterates this promise. Turn over to Genesis 22. He reiterates this promise again after Abraham's faith has been confirmed. You know, Abraham took his only son Isaac just as God told him to do and he was going to go up on the mountain and he was going to he was going to sacrifice his only son and he had the knife raised to do it and God stayed his hand. Notice what it says here in verse 15 of Genesis 22. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abram a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as of the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So Abram... Abraham returned to his young men and they rose and went together to Beersheba and Abraham dwelt in Beersheba. Abraham's seed, if we know with our 2020 vision looking back on Scripture, Abraham's seed would be Jesus. All nations have been blessed because of Jesus Christ. The prophets said, if you'll turn to Psalm 2, the prophets said that Jesus would be a king. He would establish a kingdom. Psalm 2. Psalm 2, uh, it, it says here in Psalm 2 beginning uh, in verse 1, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a, a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed. This is Jesus. The anointed that He's talking about there is, is Jesus. In my Bible, uh, the anointed is, is capitalized. Is it, is it in yours? Uh, the anointed saying, let us break the bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. All would try to destroy Jesus. But look at verse 6. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possessions. Jesus would reign forever. It it, it was prophesied that he would die, but that he he would rise again from the dead. Look over at Psalm 16. Psalm 16, beginning with verse, uh, verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand and I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life and your presence is fullness of joy." At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This seed covenant that the psalmist is talking about here, that David is writing about here, this seed covenant would endure forever. Now look over at Psalm 89. Psalm 89. This prophecy... The Jews during the time of Christ, they would know and they would be looking for 
the Messiah, they would be looking for what was been promised. They, they knew the scriptures. They'd been told the scriptures. Look at verse uh, chapter 89, verse, or Psalm 89, verse 34. My covenant I will not break, nor will I alter the word that has gone out of my lips. Once I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David. His seed shall endure forever, and his throne as the sun before me. It shall be established forever like the moon, even like the faithful witness in the sky. These people, they would have been looking for this. They would have been looking for uh, prophecies that they knew about. Look over at Isaiah chapter 2. They would have, they would have been looking for this. The prophet Isaiah. The Jews then, they knew the scriptures. They knew what the Bible said about the kingdom that was going to be coming. And they would have been looking for it. Now, they may have been a little confused about what that kingdom was going to be and how it was going to be established and in what way it was going to be established and who was going to be establishing it. But they certainly were looking for it. And they were looking for it and they had, they had the word of God to, to help them uh, understand when it would be. Uh, Isaiah chapter 2, beginning with verse 1, the word that Isaiah the son of Amoz saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. They long for this Messiah. They long for, for his kingdom. They wanted this to happen. They wanted this 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 mountain to be established. They wanted all nations to flow. They wanted all nations to believe in, in God. Turn over to Isaiah 9, another prophecy about the kingdom and another prophecy about, about Jesus and his kingdom. Look at verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. He's talking about people here who, who like today, they walk in darkness. They don't understand the Scriptures. They don't understand what God's will is for them from the, from the Scriptures. They, they walk in darkness. They have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of the death. Where do we, have we heard that from before? From Psalm 23, haven't we? Psalm 23, the land of the shadow of the death. I won't fear it. Why? Because God is with me. The land of the shadow of death, that was a place outside of Jerusalem. It was a, it was a physical place called the Valley of Hinnom. It was their trash dump. It's where they threw all the carcasses from. Think of, think of the thousands and thousands of sacrifices that they offered in the temple every day. And all those carcasses and all their trash were thrown out into this valley. Can you imagine the smell? Can you imagine the, the destruction? They tried to light fires to get rid of some of it. And that's where we get our picture of hell from. They have seen a great light, those who dwell in the land of the shadow of the death. That's where they were living. They were living in their own hell. And they've seen a great light. Look down at verse 6. 
For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. It's hard for me to not sing this. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The prophet Isaiah knew from, from God himself that Jesus Christ was coming. and He was going to set up a government that will never pass away. Joel, he prophesied this. Joel told of the signs of the last days. Look at the prophet Joel. Joel chapter 2. Beginning with verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And I want you to remember this prophecy now. It's almost like we're those in the Old Testament. And we're reading these old prophecies. But we're going to see them brought again here in just a little bit. We're going to read them again here here in just a little while. Remember this prophecy. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. Notice, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved in this this day. And notice where this day is going to happen. This day is going to happen in Jerusalem. When the people saw this, when the people saw this, they knew that the kingdom was here. They knew that this, this kingdom that would last forever, that is being prophesied about, would be, would be here. Turn over to Daniel. Daniel interprets a king's dream. Turn back to Daniel. Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2. Nebuchadnezzar the king, he had a, he had a dream uh, that he couldn't interpret. But, but notice uh, verse 28 of Daniel chapter 2. But there is a God in heaven, uh, Daniel speaking here, but there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed were these. As for you, O king, thoughts came to your mind while you were on your bed about what would come to pass after this, and he who reveals secrets had made known to you what it will be. And, and, and Daniel, then he goes on to interpret the dream. Look at verse 30, uh, 31. You, O king were watching and behold a great image this great image whose splendor was excellent stood before you and its form was awesome this image's head was of fine gold its chest and arms of silver its belly and thighs of bronze its legs of iron its feet partly of iron and partly of clay you watched while a stone was cut out without hands which struck the
the image on the feet of iron and clay and broke them into pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This, this stone that was made without hands would be a kingdom that would never die. It would never die. The, the gold head, it represented Babylon. The, the silver chest and the arms, that represented Persia. The belly of, of thighs, the belly and thighs of bronze, that represented Greece. The legs of iron, that was, that was Rome and how strong Rome was. But notice that the, the feet of Rome were made and mixed with iron and clay. And that stone was going was to smash that. It was going to occupy the, the whole earth. That's the church. That's the kingdom that's coming. That's what's coming. The kingdom that Daniel prophesied about. Look over at Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. I was watching, in verse 13, I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven, he came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. That Ancient of Days, that's who Daniel is prophesying about. Now, in the New Testament, according to, according to Matthew, uh, Jesus was born during the days of Herod, the king. All right, But notice, turn over, we're going to the New Testament now. Turn over to Luke chapter, Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. Notice, that, that, notice who's in power when Jesus is born. Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip tetrarch of Iturea in the region of Trachonostus and, and uh, Lysanias tetrarch of Abilene, while Annas and Caiaphas were high priests, the word of God came to John the son of Zacharias in the wilderness and he went into all the region around the Jordan preaching a baptism of repentance and for remission of sins. Now notice, Rome is in power. Remember, we had the, we had the statue, and, and Daniel had just prophesied about this. Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar is gone. Then Persia was going to come. Persia is gone. Then Greece was going to come. Greece is gone. Now it's Rome. The iron legs of Rome are in control. It, the, it, the kingdom that's promised, that's when it's going to come, remember? When the feet were mixed with iron and clay. That's when the kingdom was going to come and that stone that was made, cut off, cut out without hands, it was going to smash all of that and be all over the world. The people know this. The people at this time, they're, 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 they, they, they're expecting this. They know that this, is, that this is going to happen. Look over at verse 15 of, of Luke chapter 3. Now as the people were in expectation and all reasoned in their hearts about John, whether he was the Christ or not, they're, they're expecting it. They're, they're asking themselves, is it John? Is it John? It's, it's the time. It's when the time's going to happen. Is it John? They wanted the Christ badly. They were hoping that John was him. They were hoping that that he was going to set up this earthly kingdom and he was going to drive out the Romans and that the splendor of David's throne was going to be back again. That's what they hoped for. What was John saying? I want, to know, want you to notice what John was saying. Look over at Matthew chapter 3. 
Matthew chapter 3. I want you to notice what John was saying. He wasn't the Christ. Matthew chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, what? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is already here. No, repent, but the kingdom of heaven is going to be in 2,000 years from now. No, what's he say? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It hadn't come yet. It hadn't come yet. For this he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Many say the kingdom is near now, but it can't be if it was near then, you see. It can't be near now and near then. Jesus preached the same thing. Look over at Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17, I believe. Yes. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is Jesus saying that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It hasn't hasn't come yet. Uh, Notice notice when Jesus taught the disciples to pray over in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 verse 10. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be still future. Still future, but near. John the Baptist didn't establish the kingdom. And the kingdom didn't come while Jesus was on earth. Notice something else interesting. Turn over to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. This is very interesting. Here we have uh, Jesus asking uh, in the region of Caesarea Philippi, who do, the, who do men say that I the Son of Man am? He's asked this of his disciples. Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But who do you say that I am? And Peter gave the great confession, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now notice, verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And notice, I will, I, I, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now notice, did you, hear, did you notice that? I will build my church, that's in one breath, and I will give you, Peter, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The church we find out, and the kingdom of heaven are still in the future tense, but we find out that the church is the kingdom of heaven here. They're the same thing in this passage. Notice, turn over to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, verse 1. He said to them, Assuredly I say to you that there are some standing here, talking to his apostles, his disciples, who will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. Jesus told some of them that they would be alive when the kingdom was established. Now, Peter, James, and John, they're not alive today. So Jesus couldn't be speaking about right now. Jesus died on the cross. I want you to notice what happened to his body after he died on the cross. Notice Luke 23. When Jesus died on the cross, what did they do with his body? Luke 23, verse verse 50. Now behold, 
here after Jesus' death, notice what Joseph was thinking. Joseph of Arimathea, he's a rich man. He has a tomb that he owns. He's going to put Jesus in that tomb. But I want you to notice what he was thinking right here, all right? Now, behold, there is a man named Joseph, a council member, a good and just man. He had not consented to their decision and deed. He was from Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who himself was also waiting for the kingdom of God. He was still waiting for the kingdom. Joseph of Arimathea was. He went to, the, he went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus, and, and Pilate gave it, gave it to him. Uh, he, he was waiting for the kingdom. So we know that the, that the kingdom, the church, it hadn't been established when Jesus died on the cross. It, it, it's, it hadn't been established when he's being put in, into, the, into the tomb of, of Joseph of Arimathea. When was it established? If it, if it wasn't when John the Baptist was alive... If it wasn't when the apostles were alive, if it wasn't when Jesus died on the cross and he was buried in a tomb, well, when was it? When was it? Look over at Luke 24, verse 44. Luke 24, verse 44. Jesus, he's risen from the dead. And during the 40 days that he's on the earth, then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms concerning me. That's the reason we've read all that today. Y'all might have wondered, why are we reading all this? Well, the reason is, is because Jesus said in the law of Moses, and that's what we read, we read in Genesis the promises, didn't we? We read in the Psalms and we read the prophets. About Jesus. And Jesus is saying all those things that were written in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. And that's what we're trying to do today. We're trying to open up our understanding and comprehend the scriptures about this. And he said to them, thus it is written and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance, and notice, I want you to notice this very closely, that... that that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem and you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Notice what to look for here. Notice here. Repentance and remission of sins would be preached. It was going to be in Jerusalem and it was going to be to all nations. Notice. We read the law, we read the Psalms, we read the prophets. It's time. It's time now. This is the exciting part, guys. It's the exciting part, most exciting part of the whole, whole sermon. It's time now for the kingdom to be established. It hadn't been established yet. Jesus has died on the cross. He's been buried in a tomb. Kingdom wasn't established. established. He's risen from the dead. Kingdom still hadn't been established. There are still no Christians walking the earth. There's still no church. There's still no kingdom of heaven yet. Look over at Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. We're trying to pinpoint the time here. Trying to pinpoint the time. After the crucifixion, as you see on on the graph... We've got Jesus in Luke 23, verses 50 through 52. The kingdom still hasn't come yet. And then we're going to look here in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. 
And we're going to see what Jesus says. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, notice what they're asking him, what they're saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Notice what they're still thinking about. They're still thinking that the kingdom was going to be restored and the Romans were going to be driven out. Notice what Jesus says. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in His own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth. So we read that the kingdom still, it still wasn't, still wasn't established yet. Some say it still isn't. But all we have is God's Word to go by. That's all we have. You can't take my word for it. I can't take your word for it. And I can't take the words of some of the people that I've been studying the Bible with about this. I've got to look at God's word and see what God's word has to say about it. When was it established? It wasn't here as you're seeing on the screen. Hey, let's go to the very end of the Bible. Let's go to Revelation. Revelation chapter 1. Go to the very end. Let's see if it's been established yet there. Like I said, all we have is God's word to go by. Revelation chapter 1, notice in verse 9. I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Christ, was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Wait a minute. Did you notice where John was? He says, your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom. John was in the kingdom. This was written around 90, 95 A.D. He was in the kingdom. The kingdom had come. It's been established. Let's work our way backwards. Let's work our way backwards. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. work our way backwards and try to pinpoint when the kingdom came. Now look, look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us, Paul is talking to the Colossians, into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So here it is, the Colossians, they were in the kingdom. It was about 62 A.D. around there. They were in the kingdom in 62 A.D. Well, so it, it's already been established. All right? So, so where do we go? The, king, the Colossians were in the kingdom in 62 AD. Turn to Acts chapter 28. Along about verse 23. So when they had appointed him a day, many came to him as at his lodging, to whom he explained and solemnly testified of the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus from both the law of Moses and the prophets from morning until evening. Paul here, he's preaching that the kingdom has come and he's using some of those same Old Testament passages that we've read to prove it. That's all he had to use. He didn't have the New Testament like we do. He didn't have Revelation to go back on. He didn't have Colossians to, to prove his point. He, all he had was the Old Testament, and he's using them to prove his point. This was about 62 A.D. as well. And the kingdom had already come. The kingdom had already come. Look over at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 12. 
1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 12. Paul is, is, is admonishing, he's, he's encouraging the Thessalonians here that you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Now these, these Thessalonians, this was written around 52 A.D., around 10 years earlier than what we read in Acts chapter 28 in Colossians. Look over at Acts 14. We're going back even earlier. Acts 14 verse 22. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Paul and Barnabas, they preached the gospel. They preached, notice how to enter the kingdom. This was about 45 A.D. It's about 45 A.D. And the kingdom had already come. When did the kingdom come? didn't come when, when Jesus uh, was living. didn't come when John the Baptist was preaching. didn't come when Jesus died on the cross. didn't come when he went into the tomb. It did not come when he rose from the dead. But it's here. When did it happen? When did the kingdom come? Notice in Acts chapter 8. Notice in Acts chapter 8. about verse 12. Uh, the, the disciples, they had gone out and they were preaching. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. When people believed Philip concerning the kingdom of God, they were baptized. That's what he was preaching. He was preaching about the, the kingdom of God. He was preaching about the, through the name of Jesus Christ. And they were, they were baptized. This was not long after the day of Pentecost. This is not long after Jesus' crucifixion. So he's preaching. The kingdom has come here. He's preaching it to them. When did it happen? When did it happen? I want you to look back at Acts chapter 2. We're going to pinpoint this. We're going to pinpoint it right down. Acts chapter 2. The promised Holy Spirit that Jesus promised, as we've been reading about, He's come with, he's come with power. The day of Pentecost had fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now I want you to drop down there. I want you to drop down. The Holy Spirit has come upon them with power. And and, and they could hear them in their own language. Notice who was there. Parthians and Medes and Elamites and those from Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and parts of Libya, uh, adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. Nations were there. Remember, it was going to happen in Jerusalem. It was going to happen with power. It was going to be taught and, and given, delivered to all the nations. 
Notice, there's, there's really just a, just a few more things left in there from the prophets, from what they said. There's just a few more things left. Let me show you what they were. Here, notice in verse 14, Peter stands up with the eleven, raised his voice, and he said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let it be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But notice, we've read this. I told you to remember this. Joel is fulfilled, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on on all flesh. Remember, y'all remember reading this? Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in all the days and they shall prophesy and I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. It shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now notice, uh, the song were fulfilled as well. Look at verse. Uh, look at verse twenty-five. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for He is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope, for you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your holy one to see corruption. We read this. These were the prophecies that Peter is using in his sermon to tell the people that they that they are the kingdom is here. It's ready. It's ready. Notice in verse 29, Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of his fruit, of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. Look at verse 33. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God... And having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into heavens, but he says of himself, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right. We read this. We read this from the prophets. Till I make your enemies my footstool. Prophecy is fulfilled. Jesus is ruling his kingdom. There's only one more thing that's left. Only one more thing that's left that's going to prove and Jesus promised this over in Luke. He promised this over, over in Luke. Luke chapter 23, he promised this. Now when they heard this, they heard that they had crucified the Christ. They heard that they had, they had crucified Christ. Jesus, uh, Peter had just preached the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart. They said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, notice what he says, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? What, would, what did Jesus say was going to be preached when the kingdom came? Notice, for remission of sins. That was the last thing. That was the last piece of the puzzle. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The audience asked how to be saved and noticed the markers of the kingdom. They were added to the church that day, it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 47. They were added to the church that day. The Lord added to the church. He added to the kingdom. This was the prophesied kingdom. This is where, this is the pinpointed place where the kingdom began. It wasn't before this time. And it was, it, it was here after this time. The day of Pentecost, around A.D. 33, Acts chapter 2, that's where we are. That's what I want you to really look at. It's here that the kingdom, prophesied kingdom, became a reality.
The kingdom is the church. And those who were baptized, those who obeyed, were saved. It says in Acts chapter 22 verse 16 when Paul became a Christian, he was recounting, remember, all who called on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's what Joel prophesied. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Notice how Paul called on the name of the Lord. It says in Acts chapter 22 verse 16, And I said to him, Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. I want to take you to one more passage. The last passage. Galatians chapter 3. You've been very patient. You've been with me the whole time. I've loved to hear the, hear the, the pages turning. Galatians chapter 3. Notice in verse 26, For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female. For you're all one in Christ Jesus. And if you're Christ, notice, then you're Abraham's seed. The promise made to Abraham, the promise made to Noah, the promise made to Shem. Hey, The promise made to the serpent in the garden. If you're Abraham's seed and you're heirs according to the promise, to be a part of the 6,000-year-old promise, that's about how old this promise is. It's about 6,000 years old. If you want to be a part of the 6,000-year-old promise, be baptized today. Come right now as together we stand here.